Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. As a little boy, we used to play a game at the fabric shop in town. He'd go off and hide in all the big, tall rolls of fabric, and then I'd try and find him. He loved it. I loved it. But then this one day, I went to find him, and he wasn't there. Lived everywhere. Not in the silks, not in the cottons. Ran into all the shops. Strangers were stopping to help me. Tears streaming down my face. What did you do? I gave up and went back to the car. But then... I heard someone laughing. I looked around. And there he was. Lying on the floor of the back seat, looking up at me, laughing. Laughing at my pain. Laughing like it was the funniest thing in the world. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 374. Out today in Australian cinemas is Nitram, a psychological drama that explores the life and behaviour of convicted murderer and madman Martin Bryant, leading up to the tragic Port Arthur mass shooting of 1996, in which 35 lives were taken by Bryant's hand. A confronting and haunting exploration of a disturbed mind left to flounder and fester upon a community that to this day is still reeling from the impact of Brian's actions. Nitram is a phenomenally well-crafted and performed movie that marks the latest collaboration between director Justin Kurtzel and writer Sean Grant. I'm glad to say both join me now on the podcast. Justin and Sean, I both thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Sean, I'm going to begin with you first. You know, this story of Nitram is something that you've had for you for quite a while. What was it though? What was the kind of like the breakthrough that you had in writing this screenplay to really kind of kind of form the story that we saw today? What was it that kind of like kicked it into gear for you at that time? Uh, yeah, you're right, Matt. It, it, it's been with me for, you know, like it's been with anyone that's old enough to remember the events of uh, of that Sunday in um, in 96. But, uh, you know, I think the breakthrough that you're probably referring to is really um, probably around 2018. I was living in, in Los Angeles and um, where, you know, uh, gun violence, I guess, in the States is just so much more uh, uh, common than it is um, in Australia. And uh, yeah. around that time... A few certain things happened. One was um, uh, my wife was due to to our grocery shopping, and 
thankfully got called into work early and went in and while she was at work, a, a gunman ran in and started shooting in our local Trader Joe's mm. supermarket. And then so that kind of, you know, and anytime you hear about gun violence and mass shootings, you, your mind as an Australian in particular goes back to Port Arthur. And then I think it was late October, early November, within the space of 10 days, there were two um, uh, uh, large mass shootings uh, one in Pittsburgh and one in Thousand Oaks. And, um, yeah, I guess it was just a, a frustration and an exhaustion of living in the States for years and continually seeing this on my um, television screen on, on news reports um, that made me, you know, kind of understand the why and the and the why now of, of telling this story. Um, you know, the I think those 12 days from the act of violence to the... Um, reforming gun laws kind of showed the best and the worst of our nation. And um, and and I wanted to sort of look at that and, and speak to that and, and sort of remind people of, of what happened in terms of particularly, you know, the changes that we made that were significant and important. Um, yeah, I wanted to highlight that. So, Justin, I read that when Sean gets in contact with you, I think it was a, an email and he sends you the the idea, perhaps even the script itself, your reaction to it was one kind of like of trepidation uh, towards the subject. Um, you know, it's it's interesting in Australian films, in the history of Australian films and, and even TV, we've explored the lives of, you know, criminals and murderers. You've got your choppers, even uh, all the way back to 2011 when you guys worked on Snowtown. Issues like this and characters like this have been explored before. What was it about this one specifically, though, that really caused the reaction that you had to kind of be really you know, really kind of trepidous towards uh, approaching it? Um, I think because it was seismic, you know, I think that everyone knows where they were in 1996 on that day when they found out <clears throat> that this horrific event had occurred in, in Tasmania, you know, in, in, in this place that, you know, I live in now. It's just, it's just the most stunning place in the world and mm. incredibly peaceful and amazing communities. Um, and you know that that community on the Tasman Peninsula, it's 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 very intimate, and it's everyone knows everyone, and it's um very peaceful. So I I, I think just the you know I think people f sort of for, for, forget it at the time. It was the worst single mass shooting that had ever occurred. Um, so the 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 impact of it, uh, I think, is you know was just so felt, and and I, and I'm sure it's. The, the 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 reason why that that gun reform happened in 12 days i mean that was extraordinary what what sort of occurred in 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 just a matter of days in regards to that legislation um so i think it's it, it was a seismic event its shadow has been you know very dark and very broad and you know be, coming back and forth over the last sort of 25 years having lived here for the last four years you know it, it, it's it's still incredibly uncomfortable to talk about. Um, so, you know, it's the when Sean sent me the script, um, I had all those feelings. <laughs> you know, as I started reading the first page of, you know, I just don't know whether I can do this. I don't know whether I can sort of, you know, having lived here and sort of been around um, this place for so long. I'm, I'm not sure whether I can um, I can direct this, but as I read it, I really, really understood and could see in a very, very powerful way why Sean was writing the screenplay. 
And, and I guess there was a particular scene in the film, <clears throat> which is when Nitram walks into a gun store mm-hmm. that uh, just hit me in an emotional way that I had never been affected by a screenplay before. There was something about the build-up to that scene and my judgment about that character and the, 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 the way Sean had created such a dangerous individual at that, at that time that they walk, you know, into the front door of that gun store and buy guns like they're buying fishing rods without a gun licence. The horror and the absurdity of that scene um, just became very, very clear as to kind of why, why, why it was an important screenplay. Um, and I, I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it and um, Sean and I discussed it and, you know, still discuss it. Uh, you know why are we making this and how have we gone about making it um so it was it was um it was a real surprise i didn't i didn't know that he was writing it um you know and i think he was apprehensive about me writing uh, reading it uh, you know living in tassie for the last kind of three or four years so um but but there was something so compelling uh in in what he'd written and and, and the message there seemed sort of so clear and I felt something emotionally about gun reform that, you know, probably was very different from any discussion or conversation or article about gun reform. There was something about the way he constructed that story that just spoke so directly at how important gun reform is. And that scene that you were referring to regards to the, to the gun shop, I mean, there have been scenes in movies before regards to people purchasing guns or surrounded by guns. You think about taxi driver, I see when Travis Bickle buys those guns in the hotel to something that is video gamey, to use a, a made up word, as something as the Matrix, when you just have these characters surrounded by wars and wars and guns. When that scene comes across in the script, Justin, do you have an idea at that time of how you want to frame it? Because it's interesting how you kind of have the character kind of almost like a fish eye, um, a bird's eye kind of thing, kind of almost like looking down, descending down upon the characters in this store and you've seen just all of those guns just all around it. I, I'd imagine that constructing that scene visually-wise it would, have, would have been something that you were thought of quite a bit as, as soon as you read that scene. Yeah, well, the visually the scene's saying to you this is, this is sort of madness that these guns exist in Australia at that time. And, and that many, yet you've got two characters there that are talking about them in the most banal and ordinary and casual way. Yeah. And they're able to sort of purchase them in the most relaxed way. And, you know, Sean wrote it like that. That's what came across on the page was the the, the absolute. And I think it was also kind of just the, 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 the series of scenes leading up to that particular scene, the way you sort of felt about Nit Ram. The, the the danger you felt the 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 you know you you were looking at a person that was making some really horrific choices leading up to that and and it was terrifying that 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 they're able to just walk in and it, it really did to me it read like he was walking into a sports store and buying fishing rods mm. you know and that's what I found so uh, horrific was just the kind of ordinariness of it and the relaxed attitude of it. Um, and uh, you know that—that's what I thought was sort of so telling about the about the screenplay. Um, it felt familiar and it felt recognisable. And and I remember when Sean, you know, when we were sort of working on Snowtown, what the, the most powerful kind of moments and scenes in that 
film and screenplay were the was was how some of the violence was just happening in every day you know some of the plannings of you know um, brutal violence was was just sort of occurring at a kitchen table in the middle of the day while the tv was on mm. and and there was something about this uh screenplay that that had a similar sort of quality that you know that that the, the culture of guns had become a household thing you know we you know and and i look i've got to say we, you know when those guns came out it, it was horrific it, it's pretty uh, shocking to see that sort of weaponry mm. <clears throat> you know when you when you see that sort of gun that was 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 used you're sort of looking at it and you're going how the hell does this you know does this exist for civilians to purchase yeah um, so you know there was there was some um, i think sean was very clever in, in 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 the way he was able to kind of you know uh lead you into that scene in in a way that had a very powerful effect the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favourite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Sean, you know, I think uh, something that really struck me or something you know, I had in my notes when I watch a movie is just how intensely, intensely intimate this movie feels. I'm sure that when you're starting to write this and you, you, you're, you're framing this and you, you're getting into the, the character of Nitram that a lot of research would have went into the man himself that Nitram is based upon. How much, well, the, what I think I'm trying to say is when you start get, diving into the whole kind of like who Martin Bryant was and, and the events that lead up to it, was there anything that kind of struck you as to who he was that really kind of surprised you no one knew before? Because I didn't know anything about the whole relationship he had with Helen Mary um, Elizabeth Harvey, this kind of like this heiress mm. that he that he somehow became friends with and just, you know, the resources that he could get that, that could lead to him buying a whole kind of store full of guns and et cetera. I mean, that was just something that was mind-boggling to me. Was that something that really surprised you as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, the, the research for me started probably more than 10 years ago, to be honest. Um, you know, I was even before Snowtown, I'd, I'd sort of delved into this story because obviously it just, 
I remember that time so vividly and, and, I, and I found it kind of, a, as Justin said, a seismic moment in Australian history. So I'd, I'd, I'd sort of delved into it for the best part of a decade. And, and yeah, in those early times of, of, you know, going way back now of reading about it, it was that relationship that I found so curious, that sort of yeah. Grey Gardens type character that he came into, uh, into contact with was the last person I thought um, the perpetrator ever would have spent time with. But then it was also the relationship with his parents I found quite relatable um, in, in knowing, you know, family members and friends who, who have exceptionally challenging children that they need to deal with and the toll that it takes on not only them as individuals but as a couple. Um, there was also the element that, that interested me very early in which you sort of see represented by the character that Sean Keenan plays. Jamie is was this concept that on the day um, the perpetrator would refer to himself as Jamie and and that got me thinking about why would he do that and who was Jamie and and what did that represent and I think mm. I think it was in that research that really bore out for me what I guess is at the heart of the film in lots of ways which is this idea of identity yeah of a character trying to find his place in, you know, Australia in 1996 and trying to find his tribe. And, you know, for for young men in, in this country and in probably all countries, that's such an important thing, you know, yeah. find your place in the world. And and it was through that research of of discovering, yeah, him, him referring to himself by this pseudonym that really made me think about who and why, and then you kind of see through the film, he, you know, be it surfing or travel, he tries to, to cling on to these communities or these worlds and for whatever reason it doesn't work. And then the one that kind of does click, sadly, for, for all involved is, um, is the gun culture community. You know, even before a frame was shot on this movie, the reaction to a lot of people in, in, etc just been really kind of swift and, and, and it was really kind of disappointing to me that in, in that was a lot of filmmakers are saying things as well because I, that was really disappointing I don't want to talk so much about that I want to talk about how you two kind of take that on and kind of overcome that and continue on with the, the filming of the movie well Justin I'll, I'll begin with you because we we're talking before uh, offline and just how how proud of of, of both of you to just pressing on and doing this film because I believe this film to be important because I think the one thing that's really messed up about this world these days is people don't want to talk, they don't want to communicate, they don't want to talk about things that might be pressing or hard uh, to, 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 to delve into. And I think it's important that movies like this are out there. Is that something that really kind of drove you uh, to want to continue on despite all the obstacles coming your way in regards to the making of this film? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I think there's, look, I, you know, I think Sean and I have a lot of respect and appreciate that there are those that don't think the film should be made and especially those that were, you know, directly connected or not to, sorry, directly connected with um, that day. Um, you know, we, we, we felt as though what, you know, what I think what's important is that a, a conversation can be had. Yeah, and discussion can be had about difficult things, and <clears throat> whether we like it or not, that this is a, an extremely dark chapter in our history, and it it is something that you know we should be able to, an artist should be able to, uh, uh, 
you know, have conversations about it in, in their work. Um, we, you know, we, we in, in some sense, it's also been something very guiding to us. I think when it came out um, <clears throat> that we were making the film, which, which was which was hard, you know. We we our avenues in which to to talk to um, victims of crime were were really kind of blocked for us. Yeah. So we had to um, we had to go about uh, trying to be as open and transparent as possible, um, but at the same time, not sort of feel as though we're forcing ourselves on anyone who doesn't want anything to to do with the film. But what it did, it, it, it you know, we were halfway through sh- uh, filming. Uh, Nit Ram in Geelong when suddenly there was pretty robust dis- discussion about the film, about whether you can make films about certain subject matter. It, it definitely made Sean and I and the team very focused on why we were doing it. Yeah. You know, there, there, there was an interrogation that actually happened in the second part of the filming after that that was pretty um, forensic. From, from from all of us in regards to what does this scene mean? Why are we shooting it? Where's the camera? What? There was a there was something very you know it's very very um, <clears throat> we're, tr- we're we're treading very gently um, through through it all. So <clears throat> that that I you know that that I think it did something to the film. It really did sort of uh, make us uh, very aware and very forensic about what we were doing and and we were pretty hard on ourselves as well you know about about that um you know and I would look at the, I think at the time probably what frustrated me a little bit especially other filmmakers making judgments about us and about the film and they hadn't seen it you know I I found that disappointing but yes you know, I can understand the, the, the reaction, but, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that, 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 that difficult stories need to be examined and uh, a lot of it tells us who we are and who we've been, but it also gives us a sense of, you know, who we are going to, to hopefully be in the future. Um, yeah. that, that, I, that I think is really important and, and artists do have an ability to be able to, rub up against difficult things um in a in a particular way and you know find you know find a discussion there that that you know hopefully can um you know shine a bit of a light in the in those pretty sort of dark shadows i agree wholeheartedly and i encourage everyone to watch nitram it is coming out in cinemas today. It's going to be showing in stand later in the year, but I really encourage people to watch this in the cinema. This is a movie I think made for a big screen, made in the cinema. And I'm leaving just what you were saying, Justin. This is a, a quote that came across from Martin Scorsese where he said, um, now more than ever we need to talk to each other, to listen to each other, understand how we see the world, and cinema is the best medium for doing this. And I think it's really words that really describe what Nitram is, why it is here and why you guys made it. And I think it's a really important movie in the movie that you put together and the performances in it, I think is important. And I'm, as I said off, yeah, I'm very proud of both of you to stick it to your guns and making this movie. It's a, it's a great film and you've done great work here. Um, and I just want to thank you both for your time today. 
And I hope that really people do have a conversation and watch this movie with open hearts and open minds because it's worthy of it. So thank you for your time today. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate your support. Yeah, thanks, Matt.